Just a disclaimer here that today's episode is for educational purposes only. While our guest is a seasoned professional in credit advice, it's not personalized advice. Please consult a financial professional for your unique needs. If you're trying to get credit cards, what you're essentially asking the bank to do is have a relationship with you. And so this relationship is given to you with a credit card. And this credit card you can carry around, like you got this relationship with Chase, and you can carry it around in your pocket when or your wallet whenever you want. And whenever you want to purchase something, you don't have to hit up Chase, call him up, fill out an application for a loan. You could just swipe your credit card. So this is all based on trust. And if you don't have any history with paying on credit cards or you never opened up a credit card or you never paid on a loan before, then the banks don't really know if they can trust you. Right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias. I'm your host, Caspi Bias. In this week's episode, we are talking all about credit. Before we get started, what is credit? Credit refers to the ability to borrow money or access goods and services with the promise of paying for them at a later date. And credit scores are numerical representations of an individual's creditworthiness. These numbers are calculated based on the individual's credit history, which includes factors such as payment history, amounts owed, length of credit history, types of credit used, and new credit accounts opened. Credit is very important when it comes to moving around within our society. It opens the doors to various opportunities and financial benefits. If you have a good credit score, you have easier access to renting an apartment, secure loans, get approved for a mortgage whenever we're thinking about buying a house, and even accessing business financing. So today, we're gonna dive into this particular topic, specifically how to understand, build, and improve your credit. Our special guest today is Jerry Tolliver, the CEO and founder of Fly Credit, a company dedicated to helping consumers and small business owners discover the keys to getting the credit that they deserve. We'll be covering all the essentials, such as what makes up a credit score, the differences between high and low credit scores, and how to build a healthy one. We'll walk through a step-by-step example of how a missed payment can affect the young professional's credit score and the total amount they owe. For all of our listeners wondering how to check their credit without affecting their score, Jerry will share some valuable insights on that as well. Lastly, as we wrap up, Jerry will leave us with some final tips and bits of advice for young professionals looking to build healthy credit and secure their financial future. Plus, to all of our listeners out there, stay tuned for part two of our episode next week. If you're a fan of our podcast, you're going to love the Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias animated series. Each week alongside our podcast episodes, we release captivating animated teasers that capture the essence of every conversation. To check out this animated series, head over to the show description where you'll find a direct link waiting for you. Welcome back to Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias. Hi, Jerry. Welcome to Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias. 
It's very nice to have you on the show today. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, um, Jerry, I'm going to jump right into things and have you introduce yourself to the audience. So um, let, let them know more about you. My name is Jerry Tolliver. I am the CEO of Fly Credit and the creator of the Fly Credit University, where we help you get the credit that you deserve. And um, it's funny because I got into this industry because I was a lot like most people. Um, I had really bad credit <laughs> back in 2014, and it was impossible for me to get approved for anything. So um, I picked up a book once called The Richest Man in Babylon, and it taught me how to manage my finances better. And it was just a whole transformation that happened after that. I went from having terrible 545 credit scores, drowning in $31,000 of credit card debt, and just not having a plan for my money and finances to literally being able to raise my scores to a 765, pay off my debt, buy my first house for me and my two kids. And I started a business. And so, you know, I've been helping people for the last eight years with understanding their personal credit and their business credit. What exactly makes up your credit score and how many points are allocated to each category? With your personal credit, your scores range from a zero to an A50. Zero being not good or non-existent and A50 being absolutely excellent. Now, do you need A50 credit scores? Not really. You can get credit and loans and the best rates at 700 and above. But what does it take to get there, right? Your credit score is composed of five different components and it's broken down into categories. The first major component is your payment history. And your payment history is 35% of your credit score. Basically, as long as you pay your credit cards, your loans on time, and anything that really reports on your credit reports on time, then that's going to build strong personal credit. So a lot of the times when people are like paying their credit cards late or car loans or mortgages or student loans late, then it's going to ruin your credit. And it's really hard to recover from that when you're consistently paying things late. So remember, 35% of your credit score is just based on how often you pay your bills on time or late. <laughs> so, you know, make sure that you never pay anything late because that's the worst thing that you can do for your credit. And once you pay late, it it is hard to recover from that if you're consistently doing that. Now, another 30% of your credit score is based on the overall utilization of your credit. And you'll find that most people refer to this as your credit utilization and how you're using your credit. And this is generally based on your credit cards. Now, I didn't realize this at first because I didn't really understand the relationship that credit cards had with my credit scores until I started maxing them out and paying them late. <laughs> so I had got my first credit card with Capital One. My very first credit card was a Quicksilver One credit card with Capital One. And it started off with a $250 limit and I started using it, but I wasn't paying it off in time. I was maxing out the credit card. And when you max out your credit cards, what you'll notice is that your scores will start to go down. They'll start to drop and you'll be like, what is going on my credit scores? But it's really because the utilization of your credit is poor or it's not good. And so the thing that to remember with your credit cards is that if you charge them, your scores will go down. If you pay them off, your scores will go up. That's really, they have an inverse relationship with one another. So maxing out your credit cards is a no-go. Never do that. 
always use your credit cards and pay it off. And there's a couple of reasons why you should do that. One, you don't want to pay interest on credit cards. I consider credit cards to be imaginary money, honestly, because like when you swipe it, like money just magically appears out of nowhere. (laughs) And you have this ability to spend money that you don't really have. So you don't want to pay interest on what I call imaginary money because interest payments bleeds our pockets dry of our ability to save money, pay off debt, travel the world, save or invest, put away money for retirement. There's so much other stuff that you can do with your money. And you said as far as for that section, it's 30% of your credit score. So that would be 30 times 850. So that would be like 255 points specifically geared toward that. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly how you want to calculate it. Because out of 850, there's 35% of 850. You've got 30% of 850. And then once you do all the calculations, it all adds up to that 850 credit score. Okay, so just to sum things up before we really get into the breakdown of each category. And it all totals up to 850 points. But the first category is payment history. That makes up 35% of your credit score. So it's around 297.5 points, give or take. The second category is credit utilization, or how you're using your credit cards. That makes up 30% of your credit score or around 256 points. The third category is called the age of credit history. That makes up 15% of your credit score, which is around 127 and a half points. The fourth category is called credit mix. That makes up 10% of your credit score, AKA 85 points. And the fifth category is how often you run your credit. That makes up 10% of your credit or around 85 points. Really between payment history and utilization, those are the biggest chunks of your credit scores. And honestly, if you just do those two things, right, pay everything on time, don't max out your credit cards, you'll be in really good shape. Seriously. The other three components are your age of your credit history. So this is about 15% of your credit score. And this is based on the accounts that you have on your credit as well as how long they've been open. So if you have never had credit before, right? If you've never had a loan or if you've never had a credit card, then you technically don't have credit. And the longer that you have credit, credit cards, or you're paying on loans, the longer your credit history will be. So when you just get to two years, four years, 10 years or more in credit history, you'll start to see your scores strengthen. One of the most common questions that I get with credit scores are people that they've been paying everything on time. They're not maxing out their credit cards, but their scores seem a little stuck. Like they're not raising anymore. They're not going anywhere. They're like, what's going on? Why can't I get to the 700 or 750 or 800 credit score range? Mostly it's because you just don't have enough history with credit. So think about it this way. If you're trying to get credit cards, what you're essentially asking the bank to do is have a relationship with you. And so this relationship 
is given to you with a credit card. And this credit card you can carry around, like you got this relationship with Chase, and you can carry it around in your pocket when or your wallet whenever you want. And whenever you want to purchase something, you don't have to hit up Chase, call them up, fill out an application for a loan. You could just swipe your credit card. So this is all based on trust. And if you don't have any history with paying on credit cards or you never opened up a credit card or you never paid on a loan before, then the banks don't really know if they can trust you. If you're right. paying things later, you know, if you're not paying back your creditors or if you have collections on your credit, and that shows that you may not be as trustworthy. Just having history with another bank can help you get in a door with another one. So for all my people that want to start establishing credit and you've never had credit before, then try with getting credit cards for people that don't have any credit or just beginning to build credit like a secured card or a retail credit card. Those are usually easier to get your hands on or credit cards that are built for beginners. It's just a matter of building out your credit history so that you can have a long age of history and you'll be able to get better credit cards down the line. And that's 15% of your credit score. The other two, they only count 10% each. And that is your credit mix and your pretty much how often you're running your credit. So your credit mix is 10% of your credit score. And that is based on the types of accounts that you have on your credit. If you have a mortgage on your credit, you've got a car loan on your credit, you've got a few credit cards in your credit, you're paying them on time, you're not maxing out your credit cards, you know, you're utilizing your credit responsibly, then that 10% is going to count towards your credit score too. So it's always a good idea to have a good mix of credit so that when creditors take a look at your file, they'll see that you know how to manage different types of accounts responsibly, how to pay them all off on time and everything. And then the last 10 is those inquiries. So how often you're running your credit. You get those whenever you're applying for new credit card accounts or loans. You'll see them on your credit whenever you apply for anything. It'll say Chase or it'll say Citibank or something. And it's only 10% of your credit score and they only stay on your credit for two years. So it's not a big impact on your credit really, but it does count. So whenever you run your credit, it does ding your points just a little bit, a couple points, but you do get them, you do get those points back as you start reestablishing and establishing credit over the long term. So those are the five categories you've got payment history, utilization, your age of your credit, your mix, and how often you're running your credit. And so just a follow-up question with that, as far as the last category, why is it that whenever you run your credit, it gets dinged? Why does that hurt your credit score? I wish I understood that, but I think it's a matter of risk. So whenever lenders are looking at your credit reports, they're trying to determine what's the risk. And something that looks very risky to lenders is when they pull your credit and they see just a lot of inquiries recently. And they're like, why are you running your credit so much? Are you overextended? Do you have a way to pay this stuff back? What's going on here? It's mostly just a matter of risk, if anything else. But to me, it's it's just a very small percentage and just something that they use to manage risk better. Got it, got it. Yeah, that makes a little bit more sense. What would you say are the top things to build a healthy credit score okay. and that would hurt your credit score other than, of course, not paying your bills? That's really it. 
when it comes to credit, it's really all about understanding how it's calculated. So once you understand how the credit score is calculated, you'll understand how to manipulate it. So in other words, if you want to have 700, 800 credit scores, like never denied, always approved, best rates, 0%, then really all you have to do is just always relate to the credit scoring model and how it's calculated. So you, we know, right? We already know that 35% of your credit score is just based on your payment history. So as long as you pay everything on time, you ain't got nothing to worry about. And I suggest if you want to make sure that you pay everything on time to put all your bills on auto pay, just put it all on auto pay, even if it's just the minimum payment on your credit cards. If it's just the minimum payment, right. it's all good. But I generally try to just pay off the entire balance every month so that I can avoid paying interest. But paying interest doesn't ding your credit score. So that doesn't hurt you at all. It's just a matter of making sure that it's paid on time. And then next, just making sure that you don't max out your credit cards. Because once you start maxing out your credit cards and swiping them everywhere and you're carrying these high balances and all this debt, then that signals risk to banks. So it's more so about what are banks looking for? Are they looking for people that's paying things late? No. Are they looking for people that's maxing out their credit cards? No. So as long as you consistently pay things on time, as long as you consistently pay off your credit cards, use them, pay them off, and you don't have any trouble with that, then you'll be sure to have excellent credit scores. Oh, and I should mention, don't let things go into collections. So if you have a random medical collection or a collection that you don't know about, make sure that you hit up the collection agency before they start reporting it on your credit. Because once they report it on your credit, then it's going to damage your credit, then it's going to lower your scores, it's going to make it harder to qualify for stuff. And so just get ahead of the game by not allowing things to go into collections, because once it does, it's going to make it that much harder to build excellent credit scores. So those are the number one things that I would say to do if you want to build excellent credit. And if you want to avoid having bad credit, then again, pay everything on time. Don't max out your credit cards and you will be just fine. One of the things I would say, something that would hurt your credit score, which would be to close your credit accounts. So there was one point where I actually had all everything paid off on a card. Mm-hmm. I was super happy about it. It's like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. I paid all everything off. Yeah. Everything's great. What do I do with this card now? I don't do I even need it anymore? I don't maybe I should consider closing it. And thank goodness I like was saying this stuff out loud and told my dad. Good. Um so as I was having this conversation with him, he's like, Don't do that. Yeah. Don't don't close your account. <laughs> Daddy, right. Even if you put a little bit of something on your car, like going to the gas station every month and just using that for the gas mm-hmm. station or for groceries, what have you, keep that card active because that builds your credit because it's the account, the account has been open for X amount of years and it's continuing to be open for X amount of years specifically exactly. because you keep using that card. Exactly. That's better than closing it because once you close it all your credit history and everything for from that card that'll help you get approved for a house or what have you all that's gone you got to start yeah. all over so don't do that and i did it for sure never close your credit accounts keep your credit cards open as long as you possibly can sometimes you'll close your cards out if you don't use them often or There's a lot of different reasons why a bank will close your account, but if you're using it, you're paying it on time, you're using it responsibly, they really don't have a reason to close it out, but never voluntarily close your accounts out. Always keep your accounts open. (laughs) 
Something else that you had mentioned previously too was contact collections to make sure that you don't have anything in the back burner that you might not be made aware of. Mm-hmm. Is there a specific number or like how could people <laughs> find out maybe I do have something out there, some sort of bill or something like that, that I'm well, not aware of? How do I find out without, again, getting my credit dinged or anything like that? You you won't necessarily be able to search it before it re- re- reports to your credit, but collection companies will call you. They'll call you. They'll keep calling you. They'll send you a letter in the mail. They'll send you a letter in the mail right when they get the account. And we call this like a mini Miranda, basically, where they tell you your rights related to collection companies. You have the right to dispute it. You have the right to ask for verification. And you have to respond to it. Because if you don't respond to that letter, they're going to assume that you assume the debt and you're responsible for it. And then if you don't contact them, they're going to put it on your credit reports to incentivize you to contact them. And if you find a collection <laughs> account, yes, that incentivizing you. So mm-hmm. if you see a collection account on your credit, their contact information will be on your credit reports. So you'll be able to have their mailing address, the name of the collection agency, and their phone number so that you can contact them directly and say, hey, I see this collection account on my credit. And you want to find out some information about the collection account and determine even if it's yours, if is the collection account yours and is there is the balance wrong? You have the right to dispute these types of things, by the way. If you get a collection account on your credit, I always suggest people to dispute these types of things because you'll be amazed at how some of the stuff like collection companies don't necessarily do their jobs correctly. And sometimes they illegally put things on your credit reports. So always dispute collection accounts because the thing is with collectors, they have the burden of proving to you that you owe them debt. That's why they call you and ask you what's your name, what's your birth date, what's your address to verify information and to see if it's you. And they'll give you some information about the account that they have on file. And if you don't recognize it, you can tell them that. If it doesn't belong to you, you can tell them that. You know, there's a lot of different things that you could tell them. But if it doesn't belong to you, definitely tell them that. Because if it doesn't belong to you, it shouldn't be on your credit reports. If it does belong to you, then try to settle out the debt so that it doesn't hit your credit reports. But if it is already on your credit reports, then I would say dispute it. So you can dispute it online or you can do it by mail. I suggest doing it by mail. We actually help people with this too. So if you have bad credit and you need some assistance with repairing it, we do offer those services to assist. But it's all about disputing those negative accounts on your credit so that you can get it off of your credit reports, raise your scores and keep building it for the long term. Good to know. Good to know. Yes. Yes. As as long as you ain't getting connected. Or contacted by collection, you good. Yeah, pretty yes. much. Yeah, exactly. Don't, and don't ignore their calls. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, let me dodge them. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I lived that life before, you know, where collection companies were calling me all the time. I was scared to answer the phone because I couldn't deliver all my promises. And that didn't feel good. It didn't feel good to have people on your back calling your job and all this other crazy crap trying to collect debt from you. It just, it didn't feel good. Stay tuned for part two of our episode, how to understand, build, and improve your credit next week. I'm Caspi Bias. Talk to you next time. Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias is a production of C. Bias Productions, LLC. For more episodes of Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias, visit Amazon Music, 
Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.